I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. All right, we're live. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Um, We're here. It's game day. It's game day, baby. Finally. Thursday night. night. We're here. Rams-Bills. Dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Like uh, last night, I was going to bed and I was just like, "That's it, just this sleep." Just got. Nah, I, I, I'm sitting there last night. I'm like, got this sleep, but then I got work. I got school, and then <laughs> then then I could sit down and watch me some football. So yeah, still got I, that I, to I get through you. today. But we're gonna we're gonna get through it. Zach, you can tell Zach's gonna have a long day. Zach, Zach, <laughs> see this here. I just want to let you guys know, man. Like we put in work for these podcasts, man. We're up early. Like yeah. Zach was up since what? Three. That's what 3 it was today. Yeah. Okay. Eastern time. I was up since, well, I put my alarm on for, for 4.45, but I ended up getting out of bed at 6. Uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't that wasn't the plan. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, it worked out. It's all right. We're yeah. here. Uh, we're going to go over the rankings today, quarterback rankings, running back rankings. Tomorrow, we're going to go over the wide receiver and tight end rankings. Uh, and we're going to debate over, you know, whether these rankings make sense or not. Uh, so we're going to go over all that today. We also want to do the Thursday night football preview as well, just to kind of get you get things kicked off for you all right um but first you know i do want to uh you know there were a couple of pieces of news that i do want to kind of go over uh before um you know we get into things few a few things irv smith not on the injury report great sign he right. is going to be like a borderline you know i would say high and high and tight end too this yeah. week and we where i'll have rondell moore also not on the injury report zach ertz was uh listed as a limited participant uh in Wednesday's practice. Still a little bit iffy on him. There is a possibility that he plays. Uh but the way that Cliff Kingsbury was talking about him, you know, it seemed like he might be in a little bit of a snap count. He said they want to be smart with him if, and see what they get out of him on Sunday. That could be a little bit of game gamesmanship, who knows. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he can get in at least one full practice on Friday. Uh but we'll see how that goes. Just pay attention. To that he's back he's practicing in full christian watson is practicing in full as well um so he is going to play we thought that there might be a possibility that he is not going to play he is going to be in so right. you know if i had to choose between rostering him and him and over and romeo dubs you know it's probably going to be christian watson okay yeah. at this point um so yeah so that that's that's kind of how i'm feeling about it um I think that that's pretty much it. You know, J.K. Dobbins is still a little iffy for this week. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of these iffy guys, if you're not sure, 
you know, whether you, you he, they're going to be in your lineup this week. If you have somebody to play on Thursday night, you know, somebody, you know, who you might throw in your flex, like Isaiah McKenzie or someone like that, or, you know, you're not sure if, you're, if your running back is available, but you have K-Makers, but you're iffy on him, I'll probably just play the guy tonight. Uh, again, not in your flex spot, in, in your yeah. main running back slot, in your main wide receiver spot, and move those studs down into your flex so you have some flexibility going into the weekend. All right. Um, one more thing that I noticed. Yes. I don't know. This kind of popped up because then I have a couple shares of Chase Evans. Um, he actually showed up. He was a limited participant in practice yesterday. Was the report, and that was a oh. little that was a little sketchy for me. I read into it a little bit. They said he was limited just because they think it's more precautionary than anything. It was a groin injury or something like that. But just something to keep an eye on because you know they have a bunch of running backs down there in Miami. Raheem Mostert might, you know, be the beneficiary. Should Chase Evans be on any type of snap count? Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, George Kittle, also another guy to, to keep an eye on. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He has a little bit of a groin issue, according to Kyle Shanahan. He's day-to-day. It's a possibility that he doesn't suit up. Okay, so you got to keep an eye on that one. Um, Brandon Ayuk will be looking like an extremely good play. I mean, he's a good play regardless, but if Kittle doesn't, isn't out there, you know, we can see Ayuk see, you know, a, a, a huge, huge target share. Uh, right. Chris Godwin. Full participant in practice on Wednesday. Looks like he's going to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like he might play. Like, you know, well, listen, you know, according to what he was talking about earlier in the week, they might want to keep take it slow with him, even though he is able to practice, right? Like, he wants mm-hmm. to see what he can get out of that knee. Um, so you know, there's a possibility. And if he does play, I mean, if he does play, if he's in the lineup, I'm probably gonna have him in my lineup, you know, maybe as a wide receiver three, right? Get too much out of him, but I'm probably gonna play him. Especially if he's practicing on a Wednesday, you know, mm-hmm. a full participant at that. Okay, um, you know, it's funny. Lamar Jackson was talking about uh, J.K. Dobbins yesterday, and right? He says, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah, go for it." And doesn't he say he hopes he's going to be back in a few weeks? Like that. That's yeah, a little, that throws me off big time. It really and it's does, weird, man. It's it's weird because you know other guys coming back off ACLs, you know, haven't been having that kind of trouble. Like Michael Gallup's coming back very i think relatively fast for an acl injury you know and he's gonna be yeah he might but be back week too here's the thing with the jk dobbins injury is a little bit different because he tore a bunch of shit it wasn't just the acl <laughs> there were a bunch of things in his knee that you know it was a big injury right so right. it wasn't just the acl it was the mcl it was a whole bunch of other stuff that's in the knee that i have no idea about but it was a more severe injury uh mm-hmm. than just a normal acl tear it wasn't just a clean acl it was other stuff too and that's part of the reason why i was hesitant on him this year as well and i i, I didn't expect him to come back week one and i still don't but we'll see what happens obviously it doesn't um, seem like things are trending that way either so yeah yeah it doesn't and and I, i'm and we're going to talk about mike davis you know mike davis is somebody that if jk dobbins is out you know he's like a borderline rb2 flex play this mm-hmm. week um Deontay Johnson, someone else to keep an eye on. He wouldn't commit to playing this week either. He has a shoulder injury um, that, you know, you got to keep an eye on. If you're planning on having Deontay in your lineup, make sure that you have a backup just in case he can't go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, Alan Lazard, he has that ankle injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but, you know, we'll see uh, about that. Um, you know, monitor the practice. When someone doesn't practice on Wednesday, it's not the end of the world. Just monitor their practice status on Thursday and Friday. That's a lot more important. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Drake London, Arthur Smith, his head coach said that they won't know if he'll be ready until the end of the week. Um, so keep an eye on that one. Uh, you know, even if he gets some limited practices in, I think he got a limited practice on a Wednesday. So just, yeah, just monitor that, uh, as we go in. And I think, I think that kind of wraps it up a little bit. Um, it's amazing you know, how much news there is between, you know, 
24 hours. Yeah. Not even. Well, listen, like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> like these practice reports, you know, coming in. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. By the way, like Zach Wilson, we talked about Zach Wilson yesterday and Joe Flacco starting in week one and potentially week two and week three. Um, you know, does this does this affect this offense at all? Like, to me, there really isn't much of an effect. Like, no. I'm not downgrading or upgrading anybody. You know, Elijah Moore, we did see a great game from him from Joe Flacco last year, so that's, that's right. good, yeah. right? That's a good thing. At least we know it, they can get it done together, right? But other yeah. than that, I'm not really moving guys up or down no. because of it the thing for me with you know the jets you know you don't want to like crap all over zach wilson and say he's the same as joe flacco but at this point you know he's he's still young we haven't seen too much of him to know so you can't really say that joe flacco isn't going to give you this better the, like the same chance of winning as zach wilson like they're both going to be i think in that same area it's not that zach wilson it's not to say zach wilson can't get to a point where he's super dynamic but right now you know he's still young and um i think that there's really no difference in the way that uh, they'll, they'll be allowing the offense to produce. The only thing that makes a, sm- a slight difference with Zach Wilson is that he's mobile, where Joe Flacco is just going to take three steps back and chuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Fiori, let's go. Week one, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Jake, appreciate you, man. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you're like, who the hell am I talking to? It's the viewers in, in the YouTube. So right. we are doing this live. Um, now, you know, it's funny because, like, for, for me, that might be a good thing for guys like Elijah Moore. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just throw the ball. Zach Wilson, you know, last year, one issue that he had was holding the ball for a little bit longer than he should have, right? Yeah. So hopefully Joe Flacco can take that three-step drop, that five-step drop, and just sling it, you know, yeah. to guys like Elijah Moore. Um, a couple other ones, Michael Thomas, he's looking like he's on track to play. I'm probably going to be ranking him as a wide receiver three. Miles Sanders got a full practice in on Wednesday, so he's back. The, the injury concern doesn't seem to be high. If he's practicing in full, that means his hamstring injury is likely behind him. Hopefully, he doesn't pop back up and and he doesn't reaggravate it. Uh, but I have him ranked, you know, in 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 the twenties, you know, late twenties, something like that. Uh, yeah. He's not necessarily a low end RB two for me, but he's sort of a high end flex play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, got to keep in mind this offense might be taking a step forward this year, right? Just overall, and Miles Sanders, he does look like it looks like he's going to be the goal line back, but. You never know, right? We've you never seen know. Kenny this is the Eagles we're snaps. talking about. We've seen <laughs> Boston Scott take those snaps. So, like, you just kind of, kind of never know, man. And Kenny Gainwell, um, I, I, I kind of like. Yeah, him, exactly. That's what know? I said. Kenny Gainwell. Like, there was a report. Remember, like, like a month ago, it was like Kenny Gainwell's taking all of like the money snaps, like in yeah. like, you know, the goal line, red zone, mm-hmm. that type of thing. It's just like, okay, all right, cool, thanks. Um, but anyway, all right, let's get right into the Thursday night football preview real quick. Now, these are two, the Bills. Bills and Rams, by the way. Okay. Yeah. These are two teams, right? Very solid defenses. Uh, but their offenses, you know, I think overpower that, I would say, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why the over under for this game is 52, which is very high scoring. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, the spread is at two and a half. That's in favor of the Bills. So Vegas is expecting this to be a very close game. Um now, Tredavious White is out. Okay, he's gonna be out for the first several games this year. Um, and that's huge because Allen Robinson, he's going to be going up against their first round rookie, you know, a carry them. And, yeah. you know, he's a rookie first game. Allen Robinson is going to eat him alive. Okay. Dane Jackson, right? Like is going to be the starting corner on the other side. Not worried about him either. So, you know, as French, as the wise French Montana was said, I ain't worried about nothing when it comes to <laughs> Allen Robinson. And he's going to be in my life. French Montana. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be in my lineup this week for sure right um 
Now, on the other side of the ball, Gabriel Davis, you know. Now, listen, Stephon Diggs, right, he might be going up against uh, – like there's a possibility that Jalen Ramsey ends up shattering him. Right. Right? Like if you had to guess, do you think Jalen Ramsey is going to stay in that in that in the middle of the field playing that star position? Or do you think he's just going to go ahead and, and cover Stephon Diggs? Because there were a handful of games where he did go on the outside and cover the cover the opposing team's best receiver. Right. No, Jalen Ramsey has the capability, obviously, to shadow him. But I feel like depending on how the game goes, and I don't want to say that, you know, Gabe Davis is like, you know, somehow better than or more threatening than maybe Stephon Diggs. But, you know, you have to respect Gabe Davis as a deep threat. And I'm not sure if Gabe Davis, you know, starts lighting it up, he starts breaking a couple big big uh, catches and runs, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they slide him off of Stefan Diggs because Diggs is good, but um, Gabe Davis, I mean, obviously you play, uh, you have to play it by ear when it comes to any type of lineup adjustments, but um, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to shadow anybody, but I think he might okay. start in coverage on Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see that, you know, and you kind of never know because there were times last year where you thought that, you know, that he was going to go, Jalen Ramsey was going to, shadow the number one wide receiver on the other team and he didn't he played that star position you know in the middle of the field kind of where the nickel usually plays um yeah. so and he kind of played like it's almost like a, a a middle linebacker position but for the secondary right yeah. where you know he can kind of control what's going on in the secondary right um it's a unique thing only someone like him with that sort of football iq and and natural ability can do um so sometimes they just and rather him be in that spot and size and that. size of course for sure so uh, now Gabriel Davis, most likely, you know, he's not going to see that much coverage. I don't think from Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, you know, David Long is going to be the other, you know, corner on the outside, most likely. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's a matchup that Gabriel Davis can definitely exploit. Uh, so in a high scoring game in a matchup that he can exploit, it's going to be hard for me not to have Gabriel Davis in my lineup this week. Right now. I, I wouldn't keep him out of your lineup at all. No. Yeah. Now, uh, let's move to these backfields now. Uh, do you have any now? Uh, well, you know, okay. Let's stick with the wide receivers real quick. Now, yeah, I, I didn't let you comment on the Rams wide receivers. You're obviously going to have Cooper Cup in your lineup. You're obviously going to have Allen Robinson in your lineup based on the matchups that we talked about. You're going to have Gabe Davis. You're going to have Stephon Diggs, right? So you're starting right. a bunch of wide receivers on here. Um, now, how are you looking at Isaiah McKenzie tonight? Are you, are you looking at him like a flex? Are you looking at him like a desperate flex? Only PPR. Like, what are you thinking here? So I view him as a flex. If anything, I think that's his ceiling for tonight. And because, you know, it's a Thursday night, I don't want to put a Thursday night player in my flex, especially if I have other players on my team that aren't named Isaiah McKenzie that are playing Sunday. You know, it's not that I don't think that he can be a good producer. It's just I think that there might be other guys, you know, on Sunday. that I, I don't want to put all my eggs in, eggs in one basket tonight, go with Isaiah McKenzie and be regretting it when he shows up with like three catches for 20-some yards. And I'm not saying that's going to happen either. but um. Me personally, I view him as a flex, but I don't want to play him in flex because of the reason we talked about, you know, last episode and actually just a little bit today. It's just, I don't want to start a Thursday night player in my flex. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I, what I want to do with like him is like, if I'm desperate, if I play in a PPR league, I'm okay putting him in my lineup. He, he's practicing in full. He's back. Um, so I'm okay with it. You know, I'll have him like as a flex play, but, uh, right. but nothing more than that. I'm not overvaluing him or anything like that because of the matchup, because of the, the high point total. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, so Van Jefferson is going to be out this game. He was already declared out. So, you know, he, you know, five, six targets a game is what he, you know, he was usually getting. So, yeah. you know, guys like Cooper Cup and guys like Al Robinson will take advantage. Um, I am not, you know, in terms of like 
the tight ends here. You know, Dawson Knox, you know, he is a low-end tight end one. If you mm-hmm. drafted him, he's probably going to be in your lineup. The fact that he got that big extension probably, you know, kind of like cements that for you uh, this week. And uh, on the other side, who's 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 their tight end? Tyler, what's his name? Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. He's you know, a hit or miss. I've he's owned, an uninspiring. I've owned a, yeah, I've owned a few shares of him in the past few years. Used him as a streamer a couple of times. He's hit or miss. <laughs> he's very unins- He's a very uninspiring play this week. You know, doesn't really catch the ball down the field a ton. You know, he could catch four or five balls, uh, but you know, nothing, nothing, nothing inspiring about playing him this week. I have him as like a mid tight end too. You know. Uh, around right. that range now let's move on to the running backs k makers and dal henderson man this is the big one right mm-hmm. what are these guys going to be doing right now you saw my rankings right i have k makers as a borderline rb2 like a low-end rb2 mm-hmm. this week and part of that is because he was coming off the injury you know sean mavey you know we don't necessarily know what he's going to do in terms of this split between him and dal henderson right right dal henderson is probably going to be involved you know, he is the slightly healthier of the two guys, even though K-Makers has been practicing in full. Yeah. How, how are you looking at this? Because for me, I, I'm I'm not going out of my way to have K-Makers in my lineup. But if you drafted him, you might not have much of a choice. Right. For me, K-Makers, if I have him, I'm starting. That's just the way I view it. You know, you probably drafted him decently high to the point where you don't want to not start him. And, and it's not that I have a problem with starting him. It's just, you know, we've heard so much. We, we originally heard so much about how he's going to be a workhorse guy, and then they've kind of walked that back as training camp happened and preseason went on. And now we're here today where we're thinking Daryl Henderson might be challenging him for a pretty good amount of touches. I'm starting Cam Akers, though. And Daryl Henderson, I will – you know, I'm starting Cam Akers if I have him. I'm not thinking about not starting him. But Daryl Henderson, I will start him if I need him to with hopes that he takes more of the workload than Cam Akers owners would want him to. So, yeah. If, if it ends up being sixty forty, and you're in a pinch, and you need a running back too, like an RB two, um, yeah, like a someone to put in your RB two slot, you know, I, I'll start Daryl Henderson. He has the best chance, I think, of any of the handcuffs that you probably picked up in that range of actually producing this week. So, yeah, they're both startable. Cam Akers for me is more startable than Daryl Henderson, but in a pinch, Daryl Henderson can be started. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't I, like. I, I, it would take a lot for me to put Daryl Henderson in my lineup today. You know, tonight, yeah. like, I would need to be in a pretty desperate situation for him to be in my flex, uh, just because we don't know like what his role is going to be. We know that he's going to be the 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 one B or the the number two, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it's still possible that Acres carries a full load here, right? Like yeah. that is the in the range of possibilities. Uh, it's not in the range of possibilities that Dal Henderson is carrying that full load. Um, you know, the best case scenario for Dal Henderson that is that he gets fifty percent of the work, yeah. right? So. It would take a lot for me to put Dale Henderson in my lineup, honestly. Like, he'll be like a flex play, but, uh, you know, quite desperate. I'm anticipating like 60 40 split, and it can only get better for Cam Akers that way. I kind of yeah, see that. I mean, that if it's being... a 60 40 split, to be honest with you, on this offense, I'll be happy with that with Cam Akers at this yeah. point. Right. I wouldn't have been happy a couple months ago because I, would, I was expecting more than that. Uh, but at this point, you know, based on all the pessimism around Cam Akers, Mm-hmm. Um, and what his workflow is going to look like 60 40, I'll take it, <laughs> yeah. Because on this offense, you know, that could give you like mid RB2 numbers with RB1 upside, yeah. So I, I'm okay with that. And if I had to guess who's going to get the goal line carries here, it would be K Makers. The big question for me is who's going to be on the field during passing downs. I think K Makers is the better receiver, I think he's the better pass blocker. 
Right. Uh, but who knows? Like Daryl Henderson could could potentially you know have that role. That's something mm-hmm. that I'll, I'll be looking out for you know big time uh, tonight. Yeah, I mean it, it's interesting to see. Like we'll have to see which running back they kind of want to keep clean from those goal line carries or whatever. I think that's going to come down to it too. Um, they might not have Cam Akers just you know running into a pile of eight defensive linemen. You know what I mean? They might not want him doing that just yet because of, you know, he was a little banged up during preseason and stuff. Um, goal line carries. There's so many different ways it can go, and it's really hard to analyze, but Cam Akers is a safer bet. Yeah, that's what's up. Danny, what's up, man? Uh, by the way, so so Danny's just, just seeing how things are going here. Can't wait either for tonight's game, man. Um, Fantasy Stock Exchange on YouTube. Go check them out. They have a great, great YouTube channel. If you think this video is good, you should go check out their channel. Their channel is awesome. Um, they're also doing streams like every day. So you, you got to go check these guys out as well. Uh, appreciate you checking in, Danny. Um, so so let's get right. I mean, so what else do we so – the quarterbacks, you know, you're starting both of these guys. You know, Stafford, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think people are a little bit low on Stafford this week. I was looking at the, the, the consensus rankings. I have them – you know, in my like top eight, top seven for this week, uh, just because of that point total, I think he's going to be pretty good. And the yeah. fact that Tredavious White is out, um, you know, I also have him like on underdog. You'll see later that we, you know, we're going to be posting our higher lowers, right? Yes. And uh, <laughs> on underdog, the higher lowers. We, we can't say over under <laughs> anymore. Uh, higher, we're, we're doing higher lowers on underdog. Uh, and you'll see that I kind of have, you know, the hires on, on Matt Stafford. It's so mm-hmm. awkward to say hires. Uh, I'll have the hires on Matt Stafford uh, for the most part, you know, across across the board. So, anyway, I, I like him a lot, right? Obviously, you're starting Josh Allen as your number one quarterback this week. Yeah. All right. All right, dude. Let's go get right into the That's let's go true. quarterback rankings, rankings first. Yeah. All right. Let's go with the quarterback rankings first. Let's go ahead and share that real quick. I, w- I want you guys to see the rankings, the beautiful rankings Zach, you know, has made. <laughs> This morning, appreciate you, Zach. Man, I know you, you you work hard, dude. You're a hard worker, man. All right, so uh, <laughs> so so obviously, you know, Josh Allen at number one, you know, against the Rams here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, that's self explanatory. Lamar Jackson at the Jets now. Lamar Jackson is an interesting one, one because you know, obviously, he doesn't have Marquise Brown anymore, right? He's yeah. gonna be dependent on Mark Andrews and he's gonna depend on that Rashad Bateman breakout, right? Because mm-hmm. if Rashad Bateman doesn't break out. Who does he have, right? Devin like, Duvernay. I, I, I would argue <laughs> that he's depending pretty hard on a Rashad Bateman breakout for him to really do his thing this year. Obviously, he can easily be in line for 1,000 yards rushing this yeah. year, right? And that itself is going to you know vault him to a top five quarterback, fantasy quarterback. Uh, but I think you know this week, you know Rashad Bateman. We know that he's a good wide receiver. It's just a matter of Lamar Jackson finding him. Uh, and giving him that high-end target share that I think he'll get. You know, 25% target share is definitely uh, in line for Rashad Bateman uh, right. on this offense. So, um, I, you know, against the Jets, I, you know, I think Lamar Jackson c- can do his thing. Jalen Hurts, I have him up here, you know, because, listen, man, this offense, I'm expecting this offense, you know, to do some big things, you know, th- this year. Um, you know, I'm pretty high on them. You know, I'm pretty high on their passing game. And if Jalen Hurts, if he's dropping back, you know, 35 times a game, 40 times a game, we're talking about scrambles, right? We're talking about touchdowns to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, you know, potentially using Kenny Gamewell in the passing game, hopefully. Yeah. And then we're talking about scrambles, 
right? And this is not even mentioning the fact that he was one of the top quarterbacks used in design rushing plays last year, uh, percentage-wise. So I'm big on Jalen Hurts, man. Is this too high for him? No, I don't think it's too high, you know, at three playing against Detroit. Like, this is the ideal, you know, I, I don't want to call it a, you know, tune up before the season because this is the season. <laughs> but, you know, if you're if you're going to have a good, you're going to, if you're going to get started and be on a, get off on the right foot, this is a team you want to play Detroit. I mean, obviously, Dan Campbell has them probably a little bit feistier than they were last season, you know, because they just couldn't escape the losing bug. But, you know, the Eagles have way too much talent on offense for Jalen Hurts not to be ranked here. And if he takes, like I said, if he takes any step forward in the passing game, which I'm anticipating, he was already almost, he was almost like a borderline elite quarterback because of his rushing ability uh, last season. This season, it should be, you know, no questions asked. The expectations are high and rightfully so. So if if he isn't, you know, top five, top eight week, weekly quarterback, especially in week one, um, I think there's going to be a lot of questions for fantasy managers. For sure. And, you know, we, we are expecting, you know, the Eagles to not be that run-heavy team that they were in the back half of last season. We're expecting more of what they were doing in the beginning of last season where they were just one of the most pass-heavy teams in the league. Right. Uh, your boy Justin Herbert at number four. This game against Vegas – uh, is one of the highest scoring games of the week. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you exactly what what that total looks like here in a second. Um, I think it's at like fifty three. It might be the it might be the highest. I'm not sure if the Chiefs Cardinals is the highest or if the. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. We have. Yeah, I, f- I feel like. Yeah, Chiefs Chiefs is the highest. Chiefs Cardinals is the highest, 53 and a half. And Raiders Chargers uh, is also at 52 and a half. Uh, So it's a little bit higher than the Rams and Bills. Uh, But listen, 52 is a pretty high point total, right? And, and, you know, you can't see it here, but I do have Derek Carr, you know, as a high QB2 this week as well, uh, you know, because uh, of that that same reason, right? Um, this, This game can potentially be closer than we think you know the chargers are only favored by three points in this game right Mm -hmm. so three points at home basically you know vegas basically gives you three points when you're at home right so this this is looking like a a pretty close game yeah so for me it's it's difficult really to say that you know justin herbert or uh Derek carr or any of them it's difficult to say that they're not going to have good games because we saw what happened last year, especially the last game of the season. You know, when it's they playoff game, they were, it was basically a playoff game. The, yeah, the, they were the, going the, for the tie or whatever. Right? You know, oh no, no, I, it wasn't a winning in; it was a tying in. Yeah, tying but, in for both of them, <laughs> but they, they just couldn't come to an agreement, and then the Raiders decided they were going to kick the Chargers. But anyway, oh my goodness, what a <laughs> that was a debacle. But um, no, same as you know, Justin Herbert. I think I think Justin Herbert and Derek Carr both have very high ceilings this week, especially in this game. Um. It's, like I said, we've seen this matchup historically, especially last season. They were very good. Justin Herbert, I love how it's going. I love how things are going. They're very similar teams in that they both added a bunch of star power, offense and defense. There's, it's just such a marquee matchup. Like I'd be starting everybody in this matchup. Like even like quarterbacks, running backs, even maybe Gerald Everett. You know what I'm talking about? Like Justin Herbert and Derek Carr are going to be running the show, and Justin Herbert, I think. Like I said, I think he could be the QB one overall for the season, and he has QB one overall upside every week, and that's why you know I was trying to get him in every draft that I could. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, you were uh, for sure. No, hundred percent, man. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, listen, th- this week, you know, this is going to be a high point total, 
right in this game. You know, I, I totally understand that Kyler Murray doesn't have, you know, a couple of, potentially won't have a couple of his weapons this mm-hmm. week, but it's still going to be a high scoring game. They still have a lot of firepower. The, the thing with these two teams, they run a lot of plays and yeah. they're fast paced and they're pass heavy. So this is just looking like a, a matchup. That's why I have Mahomes at five and Kyler at six because these, these two are going to be going at it. And I know Patrick Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but we still have to depend, you know, highly on this offense to produce. And, you know, yeah. they're still going to have Juju, right? Just because there might not be a consistent pass catcher on the Chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey, that doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be able to get it done uh, yeah. with the group that he has, right? Um, like, look at Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers has got it done with just Devontae Adams as his primary target over the last few years. You know, he's had a 40-plus touchdown season, MVP season, you know, with that being the case. So I think Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing that. And I think, you know, in this particular matchup, especially just because of the fact that it's going to be a potential shootout, the highest, you know, point total uh, this week, I I think Patrick Mahomes is is obviously going to be in your lineup. Um, But yeah, this matchup is going to be a good one. I can't wait to watch it, honestly. Like, it's going to be, this is a great week one matchup. And to be honest with you, like, shouldn't have they put this on Monday night instead of (laughs) Russell Wilson against the Seahawks? Like, I get, I get the whole storyline. Right yeah. with, with with the Seahawks on Monday night, Russ going in, kicking their ass, whatever. Bye bye, Pete Carroll. <laughs> I actually hate you, uh, but yeah, like I'd rather see a game like this on Monday night than Russell Wilson mm-hmm. against the Seahawks. I, who Seahawks might not even put up like seventeen points in this game. Yeah, for me, you know, on a work night, I'd rather have the game that I don't really care about. You know, I, I'm happy with <laughs> I'm happy with the Chiefs and Cardinals. I'm happy with the Chiefs card Chiefs Cardinals being on Sunday, and especially I mean during the day. So um, I, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't have any quips with that. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, you know, uh, we got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's going up against Pittsburgh this week. Now, the thing, uh, you know, I was kind of struggling with this one because Matthew Stafford, you know, has a shootout, right? Yeah. Joe Burrow, you know, he's going up against Pittsburgh, and I'm not sure Pittsburgh is going to be able to keep up with the Bengals potentially, right? So I'm kind of debating here with myself here, but like, do you think we should put Stafford over Burrow here? Because Stafford's going to be the guy in the shootout potentially. You know, he has the weapons as well. Probably will be more on his shoulders because the Bengals can potentially this could potentially be on on a little bit of a more of a Joe Mixon game than a Joe Burrow yeah. game. You know, I, I hear that. You know, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. I think that they are very similar the way they play. You know, they they don't run too much, but they can move. Um, I, I Joe Burrow's matchup. It's tough because you want to say. That yeah, it's a division game. It has a chance to be close and that kind of thing. There's a lot of questions surrounding Steelers though. And if the Bengals get away from the Steelers quickly, you know, we might not see Joe Burrow, you know, play part of the game. And Matthew Stafford, I'm imagining, is going to be playing, you know, the entire game, definitely, because this is gonna be a marquee matchup here where the Bengals, I personally think they're overmet they uh the Steelers are overmatched by the Bengals just the entire roster in general. So maybe shove Stafford up to seven, I think. Yeah, I maybe think that we should do that. Fair. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking Stafford at seven, and then maybe you bring Burrow down a little bit. Um, you know, it's no we, fault we, of Joe Burrow's. It's just the way things are going. Yeah, um, it's just like the game yeah. script can potentially favor Joe uh, Joe Mixon rather than the Joe Burrow, Joe. just because yeah. if, the, if, the, if the Bengals are controlling the game, they might not need Burrow to just, you know, sling the ball like 40 times, right? Yeah. Um, so and by the way, Joe Burrow, you know he had the appendix procedure. He's apparently he's all back to normal. He's one hundred percent good to go. 
Um, so we talked about Matt Stafford, and we we rounded this out with Russell Wilson, uh, and Tom Brady, and Vidman over you know in in the comments is saying that Brady's that low. I don't know, like he's thinking that it might that might be too low for Tom Brady. And you know what are we what should we be expecting from this game? You know, um, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna look at this, um, the the Cowboys and the, and the and the Bucks. You know, this is gonna be a close game too, according to Vegas, two and a half uh point spread right okay which is you know put that that's that's indicating that it's going to be a close game um and the over under is 51 so mm-hmm. maybe we should be moving tom brady up maybe vidman has a point here you know maybe moving him up and matthew stafford at, at seven maybe brady at eight right followed by burrow and russell wilson i don't know i mean historically tom brady has had success against the cowboys you know he hasn't lost he's has very good numbers against the cowboys but you know he for me, I don't want to say, oh, well, I, I, I'm uncertain about Tom Brady, this guy. You know, he missed a couple of games. He, not games. He missed a, a little bit of time over the offseason, you know, and he's not going to be the GOAT when he comes back. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I think it's worth noting that he did miss some time and he had the whole retirement, non-retirement thing. And then it, it's just been an interesting offseason for him. And, you know, the Bucks, they ha- they're dealing with some injuries on the O-line. Not that Dallas isn't either. But, um. You know that could contribute to Tom Brady being a little bit more uncomfortable than maybe he was last season in the in the what's called season opener, also against Dallas. So Dallas's defense, you still have Michael Parsons coming out. Um, the, the Dallas defense takes the ball away. I'm not thinking Tom Brady's going to be the reason that the Buccaneers would be giving the ball away, but um, I think it could be a little bit less smoother sailing this season than last season. And I, I think 10's appropriate. That's just me because you know Chris Godwin is also he he could be banged up. He, he, he might play, he might not. Uh, Mike Evans was dealing with that hamstring, the annual hamstring injury. injury. And, um, you know, we don't know how he's going to look with Julio Jones and, Ru- Jones and Russell Gage. And he's missing Gronk. I yeah. think that's enough uncertainty to keep him at 10. That's just me. That's, that's, but, that was my thought process, too, when I had him at 10, right? Yeah. Because this isn't the same team that he had last year, right? right. Godwin, who knows how much he's going to play. Like you said, you know, and his, all he has – you know, that's more like most likely a short thing is Mike Evans, right? Julio Jones, mm-hmm. will he be used situationally? You know, uh, what's going to happen there, right? How Russell Gage, he, he just got a limited practice and hopefully he'll be good to go. So there's a couple of question marks here for Tom Brady going into this game. And Dallas defense, you know, ain't no slouch, right? right? Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But, you know, you're starting these guys. And by the way, Tom Brady was drafted around QB 10 anyway. Um, yeah. You know, so Russell Wilson, you know, going into Seattle, he's going to have a point to prove here. You know, they're going to probably put this game on Russell Wilson's shoulders for the most part, especially in the beginning. There is a possibility that, you know, the the, the Broncos go up big and then yeah. they just end up leaning on Javante and Melvin Gordon. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, at the end, you know, in the fourth quarter, that's very, very possible. I, I don't know if they say like, OK, Russ, go ahead and throw sling it for five touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah. Um and you know three hundred fifty yards, yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure if they're gonna do that. I'm sure Russ might want to do that, right? Because he yeah. has the weapons and all that. But I- I'm not sure if they if they do that because Seahawks, I don't see them, you know, sticking with the Broncos, right? But first of all, Broncos have a, a good defense. Second of all, they have a, a, a an offense that has really really high potential and a high potential of scoring. Yeah. Um. And if I'm looking, listen, I, I and I'm looking at the, this spread here. I don't think it's 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 looking too great. For, let's see, I'm looking at the for Seahawks Seattle? game. No, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's over touchdown. 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. So yeah, six and a half. Uh, and, right, and right you know, they're playing in they're playing in Seattle, right? So that's why they're only favored by six and a half. If they're yeah. playing in Denver, it would probably be nine and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So that that tells you what you need to know there. All right, all right. Let's move on to the. Let's move on to the next. Let's move on to eleven through twenty for quarterbacks. Real quick. All right. So we got we got Dak Prescott uh, at number eleven going up against Tampa Bay. Like we mentioned before, uh, you know, point total over twenty five. Uh, I'm sorry, point total over fifty. Um, this is a this is going to be a close game as well. You know, a little bit of a change of scenery, right? He's not going to have Michael Gallup, right? He's not right. going to have Amari Cooper, but he's not, he's he's not going to have Tyron Smith. Is, he's not going to have oh, no Tyron Smith. Yeah, right. That's a big one. So, you know, he's going to have – so what do his wide receivers look like? He's going to have CeeDee Lamb as his number one. He's going to have Noah Brown as his number two on the outside. And then he's going to have um, – Presumably The rookie Jalen yeah. Tolbert in the slot. That, that's what it's looking like right now. And then obviously he has his boy Dalton Schultz yeah. at tight end. Um, and then he has Tony Pollard, right? Obviously he has Zeke out of the backfield as well so he you know he has enough guys to kind of be able to do his thing and zach like you're a cowboys fan man like let me know what you think about this like last year (laughs) i'm a jets fan man you got nothing to worry about you're not to complain about (laughs) stop it all right uh listen last year you know obviously he was coming off that that gruesome you know ankle injury Mm -hmm. right do you think he rushes more this year you think that's gonna be part of the game plan a little bit more I want to say that he's going to, like, from a fantasy perspective, I want to say, yeah, he's going to get back to his rushing ways because he actually had his first three seasons, I think it was six rushing touchdowns each apiece, and that was really encouraging. And then since then, he has three over the last three seasons. Um, Right. So for me, you know, I'm not expecting him to run too much. I think he's kind of settled in as, you know, a pocket-passing quarterback and an improviser, not so much a scrambling quarterback. He's always looking downfield. I don't think he's really looking for the run. And I, you know, I don't want to make fun of him because of his ankle injury, but I also don't want to blame him because like, you know, you don't want to go through that again. So I think he's healthier ultimately this season. than he was even last season. He looked fine last season. Uh, he looked right at home. Um, he's going to be missing Amari Cooper. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out because before Amari Cooper came into Dallas in 2018, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't looking too good, um, but he has CD lamb. So I think that kind of makes up for it. Dak Prescott's a guy, you're not starting him for a ceiling, you're starting him for a floor, and that's uh, what I think he is. And he offers, you know, top five upside if he does uh, have a good game. But otherwise, I'm, I think 11 is a really appropriate spot for him. Yeah, and then I have Trey Lance at 12. Uh, he might not have George Kittle this week, guys. Just keep that in mind. George Kittle, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, he didn't practice on Wednesday. He has a, what was it, a hamstring is- issue? Yeah, I, I, thought you said, you just, I, think, I think you said it was a groin before groin that's know. what it was yeah no mm-hmm. that's right that's right i think it's a groin injury so you know soft tissue injuries could be a little tricky just keep that in mind going into this week just have a backup just in case but he's still gonna have debo he's still gonna have brandon Ayuk, his boy brandon Ayuk. yeah um you know so and he has that rushing ability and that's what's keeping him in the top 12 that's what's keeping him over aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers, without Devonte adams now without a true number one we have no idea who's catching the ball you know, out of this wide receiver court. All we know is Aaron Aaron Jones is going to get a bunch of targets, right? That's yeah. all we know. 
right? <laughs> Aaron Jones is going to get a bunch of targets. Maybe AJ Dillon gets some targets as well. And maybe it'll be distributed, you know, throughout the, the wide receiver core. Alan Lazard is a big question mark this week. It's possible that he doesn't play uh, with that ankle injury. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, you know, Romeo Dubs is likely going to play. Christian Watson is likely going to play, um, you know, so <laughs> it's not looking great, you know, no. for that wide receiver core right now. Okay, so we'll see who gets the opportunity there. But for now, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be too highly ranked. And maybe maybe he's too high. Maybe he's too high here, you know. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They're going up against Minnesota. He always does well against Minnesota, you know. Uh-huh. So I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, unless it turns into like a Saints game last season, you know, the first game of the season, it, it was just horrendous. But, you know, it's also one and a half, you know, point over under. I'm sorry, uh, spread. The spread, yeah. Uh, you know, between these two teams. So it's looking like it's going to be a close game. Yeah. You know, so, so. you know, you, you know, I, 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 it's a 47 point over under as well. So, you know, not extremely high scoring, but, you know, there's going to be some points scored in this one. Um, now, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins coming at a 14 and 15. Derek Carr, the reason why he's above Kirk Cousins for me in this game uh, is because the Chargers and the Raiders have a huge point total. Vegas is expecting this to be a very high scoring game, a close game. And listen, like, and, you know, that combined with the fact that he has all these weapons, like Darren Waller is expected to play. He has Devontae, right? Right. Hunter Renfro. He has Hunter Hunter Renfro. Um, and you know, these guys are gonna do do their thing. You know, they have Amir Abdullah co- coming out the backfield. They have a few weapons, you know, who could, you know, who Derek Carr has at his disposal this year, uh, on what Josh McDaniels led offense. So this could be, you know, a year that Derek Carr kind of does his thing. He had a whole career to kind of do his thing and be a, a legit fantasy quarterback. It's hardly ever happened. Uh, but maybe that ends up happening this year and he ends up surpassing a guy like Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Right. as a preferred fantasy start yeah no it's it's interesting you know i do like the raiders offense a lot more than i did last year you know with darren waller out and Devonte adams wasn't there as hunter renfro was a wide receiver one and it's not that i don't think that hunter renfro is a good receiver but for fantasy especially as a quarterback you know it was just not very conducive to anything um any playmaking really after the catch uh it was all on Derek carr's shoulders but now you have talent. Darren Waller will be back. Devontae Adams is there. We know he's just a monster. So Derek Carr, I think, could be set to really just shatter the expectations that people might have of him even now. They might be ranking him a little bit higher than they did last season, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished as a top 10 QB. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, to be honest. Actually, I would because it's Derek Carr. Um, Kurt the Cousins... team got so much better around him. That's the only thing <laughs> for me. It's so hard to ignore. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, one thing that didn't get better was the offensive line. That's true. The offensive line is in shambles right now. Right. I don't well, know who. I don't I, know yeah. whose offensive line is worse. Theirs or the Bears. Theirs or the Bears. I'm not that, sure. That's close. I mean, it's, Justin it's Fields bad. run for his life. It's more obvious that the Bears might be bad because um, yeah. Justin Fields has wheels. Yes. And he's going to be running around. <laughs> and then he all just the escapes. Time. Yeah. 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 Derek Carr might lead the league in sacks this year, but you know, Derek Carr is decent at getting rid of the ball. So you know, I don't mm. know. We'll see. Kirk Cousins at 15. Uh, new offense here, right in Minnesota. You know, he has his boy Justin Jefferson, he has Adam Thielen. Hopefully, Thielen can stay healthy all year long and provide Kirk Cousins with that legit end zone, end zone target. Um, you know, they got they have KJ Osborne there. Uh, who did they who did they recently trade for? No, Jalen Rager, <laughs> Jalen Rager. So, never yeah. mind. 
Yeah, no, never uh, mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, it just was, came full was, circle, kinda, you know, with Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager so being funny, on the dude. same team. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I love it. I love that Jalen Rager. And, you know, I, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Harry Roseman recently said that, yeah, we wish we had that pick back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No <laughs> shit. Um, I got Jameis Winston at number 16, um, you know, going, going up against Atlanta. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he has, he's going to have all his weapons. I think Michael Thomas looking like he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by the way, did you hear what he was talking about? Elbows, knees. Did you see the, the clip from yesterday? I actually didn't see that one. No. Oh God. Okay. Everyone who's, everyone who's watching this, listen to this, please do yourself a favor. Go on Instagram, you know, go on Twitter, just Google James, the James Winston video from yesterday. He's, he's basically explaining how the body is symmetrical. And like what body parts correlate to what body, like what body parts in the upper half correlate to the lower half. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's classic Jameis Winston. Okay. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy great. like does not stop with the content. It's amazing. Right. He, he's a, he's going to be signed. He's going to be in a broadcast booth or somewhere in front of a camera. Are, are you kidding? After, after are you he retires. Kidding? He's going to have his own show. He's going to be the Pat McAfee 2.0. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> um, But anyway, so until then, he's going to be a pretty good fantasy quarterback. I, yeah. I, I feel like, and he has the weapons. He's going to be in a much more pass friendly offense this year compared to last year where they were in a very run heavy offense. He didn't have any weapons. Yeah. Michael Thomas was out. His best target was Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith. So yeah, that's tough. you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, Alvin Kamara was his best target, right? Mm-hmm. So listen, before he tore his ACL, um, you know, he was actually pretty efficient. So with all these weapons coming picks, back, yeah. uh, say that again, 14 touchdowns, two picks. I think we're the number. Yeah. Yeah, so like, look at that. Like, that's that's not the Jameis Winston that we knew, right? Thirty for thirty, right? right? Yeah. Um. So I think he can be good, man. Even in the pass from the offense, you know, um, I think he can put up some numbers and he can make these wide receivers very, very fantasy relevant. I think that sixteen is even being a little conservative. You know, that doesn't reflect the ceiling. I think. No, because it was only like seven, eight games. It wasn't yeah. that many games. Um, Matt Ryan at seventeen. You know, I think people are underestimating him a little bit. I don't know how fantasy friendly he'll be but i think he'll be a pretty good quarterback for the colts um yeah. you know he has michael Pittman there um this offense will likely be you know based around jonathan taylor mostly um but you know he has you know they drafted alec pierce who's looking like he's gonna be good let's see if uh paris campbell can stay healthy um listen if those guys can stay he- like paris campbell can stay healthy they have alec pierce this could potentially be a pretty good passing offense as well you know with yeah. naheem hines coming out of the backfield too yeah, ultimately, you know? I th- yeah, ultimately, I think Matt Ryan is going to do more for the pass catchers in Indianapolis than the pass catchers will do for Matt Ryan from a fantasy perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so rounding out the top twenty, uh, we are going to get into the running backs, you know, uh, you know, right away. But we got Justin Fields at eighteen, just because of the fact that he has that rushing ability. He averaged more than fifty yards rushing over the last like seven or eight games last year, so he has that ability, especially in Luke Getty's offense. When when that when he was in college, he had a one thousand yard rushing quarterback by a no name guy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Justin Fields can definitely do some similar things, and the fact that they have no weapons, I think they're going to end up leaning on Justin Fields and some design rushing attempts, a high percentage of design rushing attempts for Justin Fields. So I think that is going to you know, it's going to be hard for him not to finish as the top fifteen quarterbacks a lot of weeks if they if this offense does depend on that. Yeah. Not to mention that. There's going to be, I think, a high percentage of undesigned 
uh, rushing attempts too, <laughs> based on Very the offensive true. line play. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And you got Tua at 19. You know, this could potentially be very uh, a low ranking for Tua. Yeah. I, I feel like it's it's it could be low. You know, he has Tyreek, you know, that 50-yard bomb, you know, to start the, the preseason. Uh, I think it was week three of yeah. preseason uh, to, to Tyreek. So they got it in them. Let's just hope that they can keep it going throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has Jalen Waddle, you know, as well. So, you know, it's and, you know, Chase Evans is going to be running a lot of routes out of the backfield as well. So Tua can potentially take a step forward this year. And um, it's looking like, you know, the reports are looking good for him so yeah. far. You know? For me, with Tua and Justin Fields, you know, I, I they're like Mr. Upside and Mr. Upside. You know, the two guys yeah. that I kind of targeted if I missed out on Trey Lance and I didn't want to take a veteran like Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, you know, that's who I was shooting for. And I think that they have real, real upside. It just, it just has to happen first. So maybe, you know, if you feel like betting, if you're feeling like you're in a gambling mood and you think that they're going to have a good season, maybe get them while they're cheap now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. That's not. That's not bad advice, right there. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is 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 um, closing out our top twenty. Um, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence can potentially. Obviously, he has a ton of upside, right? And with, you know, the fact that they had, you know, they had a terrible situation last year, yeah. right? With Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Um, but you know, he doesn't really have a true number one. But you know, he he does have a few weapons. Uh, I'm not overly optimistic in this passing offense this mm-hmm. year so that's why he's at 20 but the fact that he could take a step forward is why he's not lower than this yeah. um but but yeah all right let's move right into our oh by the way guys if you want all the quarterback rankings all the running back rankings the, it's going to be out on the patreon the patreon link is in the description here if you follow me on instagram it's also the link is in the bio as well but you can just go right down here to the description of the youtube video you can find the patreon you can find all my rankings there it's going to be out later today on thursday obviously before the thursday night game but the rankings will be there and by tomorrow we're going to have blurbs on every single fantasy relevant player uh going into the weekend so that's all available on the patreon so go check that out the that link is in the description all right. right, let's go ahead and share the running back rankings real quick. Uh, who do you think I have at number one, man? Who do I think you have at number one? I know. I put the graph. Oh, yeah, you together. already know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, we got we got Christian McCaffrey at number one. Ain't no surprise there. It doesn't matter what the matchup is for Christian McCaffrey. Even if he was going up against the Bucks, he would have been my number one running back this <laughs> this, yeah. this week. Uh, going up against Cleveland, you know. If, even if Cleveland goes up in this game, you know, not a big deal because Christian McCaffrey is going to, you know, probably tear them up. Let's hope he's healthy, man. Cross the fingers, cross the toes. You know, Christian McCaffrey staying healthy this year. Let's all, yeah. let's all speak it into existence. Yeah, okay, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, stay yeah. healthy. Okay, listen, he doesn't have to give me a full sixteen games. Okay, give me like, give me like thirteen. You know, don't yeah. miss the playoffs. Just don't the majority the of the season. Yeah, just stay healthy. That's because all when he's on, the field. I, I, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, when he's on the field, he's just a cheat code. It's Chico. literally hilarious because he comes on and off the field, but every time he's on the field, he's just like doing ridiculous things, scoring ridiculous amounts of fantasy points, and then it just shuts off again when he's injured. He comes back, and he puts up 30 points for quick one week, and then you know he's off the field again next week. It's just crazy. He's like the most yeah, sure man. thing, but the most unsure thing at the same time. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's infuriating. I hear that, man. I hear that, dude. Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's he's in for a big game, you know, against Houston. You know, the Colts are favored by a ton. 
in this game. And it's possible that Jonathan Taylor sees like, you know, 27, 28 carries in this game. And, you know, he's going to do his thing, you know, with that type of volume. Um, Austin Eckler is coming at number three. You know, like we said, this is going to be a very high scoring game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, He's going to, you know, potentially be a huge part of that game plan. And when there's a lot of points scored, you know, the Austin Eckler is going to do his thing. I'm hoping that Eckler can maintain uh, that that goal line role, right? And I think he will, right? Yeah. Just because of the fact that the shuffle between the backup running backs, like we thought that Isaiah Spiller was going to be the guy, right? But there, you know, it could be Josh Kelly, right? It mm-hmm. could be, it could be all these. Did they get rid of Josh Kelly? I don't even, I don't even remember. But they th- did. there's a, a bunch. They, they did, right? They, I don't know. They did sign Sony Michelle. Yeah, they got Sony Michelle on top of that, right? And so mm-hmm. it seems to me like they don't have anybody clear cut guy behind behind Austin Eckler. So it seems to me like Austin Eckler is just going to be that guy once season. again going yeah. into last season. That's what it's looking like to me. You know, we'd love to see um, that again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Derek Henry. By the way, this is mostly PPR rankings, full PPR rankings. Like we'll indicate that on uh, next time. So, but this is like I don't play any other format. Half yeah. PPR, mostly the same thing for the most part. You know, not really moving things up. Maybe Derrick Henry might be over Austin Eckler for me in a half PPR setting, but nothing too crazy. I do have Derrick Henry at number four because the similar thing with Jonathan Taylor, I do think he's going to run all over the Giants. The Giants offense might not be that good. Uh, Titans offense might not be that good either, but it will likely be a close game. I don't think the Giants are going to run away with this one by any means. I do like the Titans defense as well um, in this game for fantasy. Uh, but yeah, Derrick Henry can easily rack up you know, 25 to 30 carries. Last year, he was on pace for like 400, like 70 carries or something crazy yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, so he can run all over the Giants this week. Um, we got Dalvin Cook at number five going up against Green Bay. The hope with Dalvin Cook is that he sees more receptions this year. Um, you know, with mm-hmm. that offense being potentially more pass heavy, I'm thinking that Dalvin Cook might see, you know, four, five, six targets a game. And if he does, that's potential, you know, overall RB1 upside, you know, overall yeah. RB2 upside this year. Yeah, and he's, he's had that his whole career just by talent alone, you know. It's not that he wasn't getting, you know, looks in the passing game, but it, they dial it up a notch this year. This is like, yeah, like you said, overall RB1 potential, definitely not even questionable, you know. Um, I know Dalvin Cook's your guy. I'm kind of surprised you have him lower than Derrick Henry, especially with Derrick Henry coming off, you know, the injury and stuff. But um, I, I think they're interchangeable at four and five. I think they're both very similar in terms of what they'll provide. Yeah, Although well, Derrick Henry has a safer floor. Dalvin Cook has a higher upside. You know, the reason why I had Derrick Henry at four and Dalvin Cook at number five is because of the matchup that Derrick Henry has. And, like, I'm not, you know, down on Derrick Henry on a week-to-week basis, right? I just didn't want to draft him, you know, where he was being drafted because I wasn't yeah. sure if he was going to last the entire season based on his prior workload, right? But on a week-to-week basis, like, if I have Derrick Henry, like, I'm – I'm very excited, right? Because like, you know, but that's a very short period of time. And there's a very good chance that he sees like like 25 or more carries, potentially 30 carries in in this game, especially. Um, And when he does get that load, he kills it, right? Um, Even if he's not that efficient, like we know that he is going to be the goal line guy, right? Um, So that's that's the reason why I have one spot, you know, above double. Yeah, and the length of the field touchdown guy. You know, it, it only takes one carry to go the whole field. You know, true. He, he gets the ball 30 times. He takes one in the house. It takes two to the house sometimes in a game, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Dalvin Cook is one of those guys too, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to, to get a much more efficient season out of Dalvin Cook because last year was one of his most inefficient seasons. So I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping to, to do that. So 
look at this comment here. No yeah, Najee Harris. I saw that come 10. up a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's crazy. I I know. I know. It's it's nuts. But I'll say this, man. Like I just don't think Najee has the type of weekly upside than these that these other guys do. You know, I think their offense might not be as good. And you know, just to round it out, I do have Alan Kamara at number six. I have James mm-hmm. Connor at number seven. I have Leonard Ford at number eight. I have Saquon at number nine. I have DeAndre Swift at number ten. Who are you putting Najee ahead of? Are you putting Najee ahead of ahead of any of these guys? Because I think I have him at like eleven or twelve. I yeah, think I have he is. You have him at eleven, I believe. But yeah. um, you know, me personally, and <laughs> you're coming in all gung ho that you wouldn't put Najee over these guys, and you're coming to me to like validate. But you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm coming I'm I'm to you because I know you're a Najee guy. So yeah, no, I'm. I, I would slot Najee Harrison behind James Conner. I would put him in at eight. James Conner, you would put him at eight. Yes, okay. I would put Najee Harris at eight. James Conner stays at seven. And then, you know, same list the rest of the way down. But um, I just look at Najee, you know, I think that if there's anybody they're going to rely on in the Steelers' offense is going to be Najee Harris because we know Mitch Trubisky won the job, but I don't think that, you know, he's exactly what they're hoping. Not that they're not going to have faith that he can do a good job, but I, I don't think that he's anyone they're like super happy about having a quarterback uh the receivers question mark you know george pickens is there but he we have to see how that goes he played against people in the preseason he didn't we didn't see any actual regular season action from him and we know chase claypool the top three wide receiver that he is you know it should be interesting I, i don't like many of the steelers receivers the quarterback situation still needs to be uh ironed out for me personally i think um Najee harris is gonna be the guy getting the majority of the touches there so i'm not I, I'm not worried about him. I wouldn't keep him outside the top 10 because we know what he was last season. Yeah, he was a top eight quarterback, a top eight running back. Now, now this week, you know, now I have – the reason why I have Leonard Fournette over him is 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 pretty simple, right? It's the fact that this is going to be a good offense, right? And yeah. this week, this week especially, like the only thing that we know for sure Tom Brady has is Mike Evans, right? They have Julio, but I don't know what his role is going to look like. Is it going to be situational or not? All I know is that Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady wanted him back, and he's going to get a ton of targets out of the backfield, you know, yeah. and he could potentially get six, seven targets, you know, in this game, like without Chris Godwin, 100%, right? Without Russell Gage, 100%. Um, hopefully he gets a full practice in today, but Holyo Jones, you know, question mark, right? No Gronk. So I, I do see Leonard Fournette getting a ton of targets. On top of that, this is a good offense. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get those goal line looks as well, right? So that's kind of what separates him and Najee Harris. Najee Harris is going to get his targets as well. Uh, yeah. We don't know if it's going to be as many targets as Ben was given him, right? That we don't know, mm-hmm. right? Um, so those are a couple of reasons why I have uh, Leonard Fournette over Najee this week. Now, we have Leonard, we have Saquon Barkley as well, and I think Saquon Barkley and Sa- Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris are going to have a very similar type of workload, I think. But I think Saquon's just a more talented guy. I think he's more likely to have bigger plays. Um, you know, if he can catch the ball out of the backfield, he has a better chance of taking it, you know, 75 yards than Najee does. He's just a better player. I just don't think Najee is like – it's not like talent plus opportunity with Najee. I think it's a lot – I think the opportunity is a lot higher than talent. With Saquon, it's like up there, right? So that's kind of that's kind of the reason that I ha- reasoning that I have. Now, we'll see – how good the Steelers' offense ends up being, right? Yeah. Maybe we're underestimating their offense a little bit. And if we are, then, you know, I would normally have Najee 
higher, right? And I would have him higher than Saquon Barkley, you know, if that offense ends up being a lot better than what the Giants' offense is looking like. But I'm not looking at the Steelers' offense as being a lot worse than the Giants or anything like that. You know, are you high um, on the Giants' offense? Because I'm personally no, I'm not. not. You know, <laughs> I'm not high on them at all. I I put I'm, the Steelers' no. offense even as things stand over the Giants. Oh yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, me too. I, I what I'm saying is that I just don't look at it as a huge delta, you know, between the two. Yeah. Um. Now. I could see starting Deion, like if you want a safer option between Najee Harris and DeAndre Swift, I would say N- Najee Harris is probably, you know, safer than DeAndre Swift uh, in terms of workload, right? Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, you're really depending on those that pass catching with, with, with DeAndre Swift. And, you know, Swift and Fournette, you know, they averaged the most targets uh, among all running backs last year. And so you should continue to expect that, you know, with DeAndre Swift. And, you know, he was a top five quarterback. Uh, top, I keep saying quarterback. Top five running back last year, um, you know, when he was healthy in the top eight mm-hmm. in, the, in the first eight weeks of the season. So I think, you know, him being up there, him, he just has more juice um, than Najee. Um, even though, you know, Najee will likely have more touches, I think DeAndre Swift will be more efficient, especially in the pass game. That's right. kind of how I see it. Yeah, I, I like DeAndre Swift. It's just I think that – he has a tough draw this week against Philly. You know, they have a pretty good front seven. And you know, they do. They do. They, and they I'm do. not I'm not so worried about I'm not so worried about uh you know their their front seven. You know, when, yeah. when it comes to guys like Swift, like, you know, I'm not really playing him to get to be efficient on the uh, ground. And we know yeah. and honestly, I'm not, we know that. Yeah, I'm I was not gonna say that we, that I'm we, starting we know him. that like I'm sorry, uh, Zach. Like uh, I'll just say what I gotta say, and you yeah, can go, just go, 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 you can go, just go, follow go. up. <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, he was actually inefficient last year, DeAndre Swift, in the run game. You know, oh, yeah. so like that's not really where his points are going to be. Sorry, K- please. Case in point, you know, you talk about his inefficiency. He had, um, I think it was like 33 or 34 carries against Pittsburgh. Now, granted, it was in the rain, but he had 34 carries or something like that against Pittsburgh. He had 100 yards, like. That's yep. pretty abysmal. You know what I'm saying? At least from the yeah. rushing perspective. 100%, and that's, man. And that's when you start seeing Jamal Williams come in, you know, and take a little bit of the rushing workload off, rip right. off a nine-yard run here or there because he's fresh. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that Najee Harris – I said about this all offseason. Najee Harris, safe, safe, safe pick. Not necessarily an upside guy. Yeah, I, I can totally see – I can totally see Najee, um, you know, getting a, a big workload in this game. And, you know – Listen, I, I can I can see myself starting him over over Swift, but you don't have to start him over Swift because you drafted both of these guys as being you know one of your top top twelve running backs, right? As your anchor running yeah. back. Um, got Joe Mixon at number twelve, and the reason why Joe Mixon is is a low end RB two is because we don't know what his involvement is going to be like in the passing game. If it's anything like it was last year, it wasn't great, and we're going to have to depend on him, uh, you know, getting those touchdowns, right? Yeah. Um, now. I'll say this. This could turn into a Joe Mixon game like we were talking about earlier when we were mentioning Joe Burrow, where if the Bengals do get up in this game, we could potentially see a high-volume game out of Joe Mixon this week. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. Um, for me, you know, I had Joe Mixon last season, and it was really hot and cold with the way he produced. It was either they were handing the ball to him a lot or they just couldn't stop throwing it. Uh, the one drive I just remember specifically with Joe Mixon was there was four downs back-to-back at the goal line and they didn't hand it to him once, but he was on the field all four downs. That was just infuriating. So you you don't blame because this is a pass first offense. Joe Mixon's a very good running back though. And that's what makes it so difficult to kind of project him um, as having, you know, the weekly upside. I don't think he has the weekly upside. I like, I think that he's just, 
he's he's like we, what we have him ranked as the RB12. I think that's where I envision him finishing most weeks, a low-end RB1. And uh, yeah, that, I, th- I think that's right. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 I hear that, man. And he's going to have his top five weeks for sure because yeah. he's on a great offense um, and he's going to score a bunch of touchdowns and he can easily have a 100-yard game and two touchdowns a bunch of weeks this season. It just might not be as consistent. Now, mm-hmm. and this offense might go nuclear this year, so it might not matter. Joe Mixon might just kill it every single week. Um, yeah. And obviously, he's going to be in your lineup. Um, now, I do have – let's see. Who, who do I have at number 13? I have Aaron Jones at number 13 here. Aaron Jones is most likely going to absolutely go nuclear this first week, right? Yeah. Because you have Alan Lazard banged up. He might not play, right? Christian Watson, he was hurt all offseason, and now he's coming back. He has a lot, long way to go, right? Romeo Dubs, you know, who knows how he's going to play against number one coverage, right? Yeah. Uh, so who do they got? They got Aaron Jones. And he's gonna he's he's probably gonna get like seven eight targets in this game, and when that happens, he absolutely goes nuclear. So uh, Aaron Jones obviously is gonna be in your lineup this week, but I'm expecting big things out of Aaron Jones against Minnesota in, in what should be a close game. Right? No, I hear you. I, I agree with everything you said. Aaron Jones, you know, there's been a lot of talk about AJ Dillon, you know, being you know one A to Aaron Jones is one A, but ultimately, I think Aaron Jones, you know, is the guy in Green Bay, even though. Dylan can be good. I kind of view this as, you know, an Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard situation. Um, they did pay Aaron Jones, so there's no reason to not have him play, especially if he's on the team right now. So Aaron Jones is the guy, I, I think. Historically, you know, all signs point to him getting that receiving workload that we want him to when Devontae Adams isn't there. And it's only, you know, made better by the fact that there's really no other receiving options. They're either banged up or just inexperienced. Yeah. And Sammy Watkins, like, like, listen, acoustic guitar governor, thanks for the comment. Sammy Watkins, can't forget about him. This is looking mm-hmm. like a classic week one Sammy Watkins play. Yes. Vintage I'm not putting him in my lineup. I'm not putting him in my lineup, but make a good point, man. Make a good point. But, yeah, you know, Sammy Watkins might get a few targets as well. But, yeah, I'm yeah. expecting Aaron Rodgers to go, to go completely apeshit this week. Um, so we got J- Javante Williams at number 14. You know, this is around where he finished last year. Right, even with a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon, and mm. the offense got a lot better. Right, remember they had Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback last year. This is going to be a better offense. Cortland Sutton is going to be healthy. They're going to be able to move the ball. So even with the split with Melvin Gordon, we should expect Javante Williams to still do his thing, and it will likely be more of a 60-40, 65-35 type of split in Javante Williams' favor. That's my guess. Yeah. Beat reporters are talking about Melvin Gordon potentially being the goal line guy, potentially being. The pass catching guy. However, I want to wait and see, and see what happens there. Yeah, I but listen, doubt that. <laughs> we we have Benjamin Albright, you know, who's who's beat reporter for the Broncos, pretty trustworthy guy. Seems mm-hmm. like that in in camp, like that's the role that Gordon is 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 taking. So, you know, I, I want to see it before I believe it. Um, but uh, that's something interesting. Regardless, I'm still playing Javante Williams as a high-end RB2 this week. Travis Etienne, I have my number 15. This was a little tough one. It was between him and Nick Chubb at 15 mm-hmm. for me. You know, I do like Nick Chubb, you know, this week, you know, against Carolina. I feel like he can rack up some volume. Uh, obviously, you got Kareem Hunt there as well, so it might be a little bit capped. But Nick Chubb can easily do his thing and be efficient as he's always been. But Etienne, you know, with James Robinson coming back, you know, uh, you know, I was a little bit worried at first, but I'm thinking like, listen, James Robinson's coming off Achilles injury, yeah. like, the, like he, I shouldn't be worried about that, right? Travis Etienne 
can potentially see, and I think he will see more than 20 touches in this game. Uh, a large portion of that coming in the passing game. Uh, and he could potentially be their goal line guy as well. Like, are we really going to see James Robinson coming back off of his Achilles first game and get a goal line carry? I don't think yeah. so. I don't know about that. Uh, Travis, Etienne, for me, you know, you talk about making the decision between Nick Chubb and Travis Etienne. You know, Travis Etienne has a much better shot at being on the field all three downs than Nick Chubb because we know they're going to be rotating Kareem Hunt in in Cleveland. And, you know, Travis Etienne has a, I'd say, better matchup against Washington. I think they're pretty even. I mean, Washington's obviously a little bit better than Jacksonville unless Trevor Lawrence proves us all wrong. But I think Travis Etienne has a better shot at being on the field and catching meaningful passes where Nick Chubb, you know, if the Browns go down, it's going to be a Kareem Hunt. It, it, it might not even be Nick Chubb. There might be no reason to run. You know, I'm not saying Carolina's going to knock tires off, beat the brakes off of the Browns, but um, I could see things getting out of hand to the point where you know the running game isn't necessarily a priority anymore in that game, more so than uh, with Jacksonville and Washington. I hear you there, man. Um, we got Antonio Gibson at number 17. Listen, we were super low on Antonio Gibson, right, this entire offseason, but th- it was really because – they drafted, you know, um, what's his name? I, I, I'm, Brian I'm Robinson. Forgetting. Brian Robinson, sorry. Brian Robinson. I got to get that checked out. Brian Robinson, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in the third round, and, you know, he could have potentially been their goal line guy. Um, and, you know, there was reports that he was potentially, you know, going to be starting over Antonio Gibson. Uh, however, obviously we all know the story. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to recover pretty soon and come back pretty soon. Uh, but for now, Antonio Gibson is going to be the early down guy. Um, they're going up against Jacksonville. So this is mm-hmm. a potential game script where the game can either be a positive game script for the commanders or it could be a new, it could be a, um, a neutral game script for the commanders. So, you know, I can see Antonio Gibson actually racking up some volume in this game if all goes well according to plan. Yeah. And normally I'd be inclined to say that having Antonio Gibson over Ezekiel Elliott is like a war crime. But <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, do I really envision Ezekiel Elliott running all over the Buccaneers defense? No, I don't. Could I see Antonio Gibson getting the best of Jacksonville while Brian Robinson's out? Yes. So I think that this is fair. I don't think I wouldn't be expecting Antonio Gibson to be like, you know, capitalize on this matchup against Jacksonville with like a 30 point performance. But I think if he's in the 15, 16 point range, you know, that's a fine performance. And 20 points is with is within reach if he um does play just a little bit better than he has in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. And, you know, I think he could, I think there's this, in this game, he could potentially hit 20, that 20 carry threshold. I think yeah. he can. Um, Zeke is at 18 here. You know, obviously, you know, we, we want to see what that workload is going to look like with Zeke, but this is going to be a high scoring game with Tampa. Tampa has a tough front. There's no doubt about it. You know, tough yeah. front seven, but so, but at the same time with Zeke, you know, if he gets 13, 14, 15 carries, like you, you, you kind of know at this point that he's not going to give you a hundred yard game, right? Yeah. Like he's not going to give you that hundred rushing yard game. It's just not going to happen anymore. Uh, but you know, he could get a couple targets out of the backfield. Okay. Which mm-hmm. is good. You know, he's going to be running routes. It's not just Tony Pollard running routes. It's going to be him running routes as well. And he'll potentially be the first guy, uh, really the only guy at the goal line, getting those goal line looks. So I can totally see Ezekiel Elliott, even though I'm not high on him for the season as a whole. Uh, but, you know, on a week-to-week basis, like it's hard to keep Zeke out of your lineup on that Cowboys offense. You know, in a game that's expected to be, you know, scoring a lot of points. Right now, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I just he takes advantage of the Cowboys offense getting down inside like the five, the goal line, and then 
it's just automatic. They turn around, hand the ball to Ezekiel Elliott three times, and he gets in. You know, that's how it works. And then yeah. that's why you see these relatively low rushing totals for the touchdowns that he gets. Um, that's kind of what I'm expecting. He's going to be touchdown dependent, I think, his production. But I don't think he's going to have pr- pr- trouble getting those touchdowns either. Um, yeah i'm looking and, at and like, you can see you can see who i have behind him too right like so like it's yeah. like you know you kind of get into that point where like you know i'm okay with a guy who's going to be somewhat touchdown dependent hopefully he gets a couple targets out of the backfield but you know based on the guys coming after him i think it's going to be very similar to last season just maybe slightly lower on the um rushing yardage total but i still think 10 12 touchdowns is how i is what i see Ezekiel Elliott finishing with Yep, yep, I I see that as well. Um, Elijah Mitchell at number nineteen, uh, he had a full practice as well, so he should be good to go. Um, you know, I wouldn't be hesitant to start him this week. You know, Jeff Wilson is going to be their number two, the number two guy. He will likely be the guy on the field on passing downs. But Elijah Mitchell, very solid last year. We know that he's going to be the guy this year, right? You know, Tyrion Davis Price. He's not in the picture, really, you know, at this point. So, yeah. uh, and they obviously got rid of Trey Sermon. So it's a Elijah Mitchell show, you know, until hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, he was a little bit banged up, you know, over the past couple of weeks. Um, and he was banged up last year a bunch. But as long as he's healthy going into this game, good offensive line, great run scheme. I'm playing Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Um, and you know what? Like him and Zeke, like very close for me. It's yeah. very possible that I play Elijah over Zeke. But I do like the fact that, you know, Zeke, Zeke has a high point total in his game. We got Cam Akers at number 20 uh, against Buffalo. You know, obviously Buffalo is a good defense as well. However, again, point total, high scoring game. If they're going to get to the goal line, my guess is going to be Cam Akers. Um, and that's why he's at 20. You know, I was hoping that I'll be ranking Cam Akers a lot higher in week one. But yeah. it's just not going to happen, uh, at, you know, especially for week one. We'll see what his usage is like tonight. Uh man, tonight I'm looking forward to this game, dude. <laughs> tonight, um, tonight it's, it's, it feels so good to say. But K Makers, you know, we talked about it earlier today. Could be a little bit of a split between him and him and Dal Henderson. We'll see what that looks like. We kind of have no idea. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna play him, you know, as a, a mid to low end RB two. But and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, that's kind of how. All, I'm right, we, at it. All while right, we're switching in between here. You know. Yep, go for it. We got a question in the chat, and this one is feels very easy for me. <laughs> I just want to see if you think the same. It's 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 easy. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and so you know, Joseph Nguyen, you know, is asking Pierce or Terry McLaurin in Week One. Yeah, the answer is and easy. it's McLaurin. Yeah, by a mile. You know, Damian Pierce. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the hype. I know you probably drafted him, and you're thinking, yeah, you got this awesome steal, and you might, you know. But Terry McLaurin, you know, he's the number one. He is going to have arguably the best quarterback play of his career. And we just know that he'll produce week in, week out. Um, much, much safer pick, I think, for sure. at Flex, especially just for this first week. We'll know more about Damian Pierce maybe after this week, these next couple of weeks. But right now, we really don't know, even though things seem to be set in stone. So, yeah. And you can see where I have Damian Pierce here. I have him at number 27. So he didn't even crack that. That's RB3. Yeah. That's RB3, you know kind of like a high-end flex play, you know, type of player. Um, and I have Josh Jacobs at 21, another guy who touchdown dependent. Listen, the Raiders Chargers, like we mentioned earlier, have very high-scoring game. Even though Josh Jacobs might have to share the workload on early downs a little bit, um, and I know that, you know, Zamir White was listed as like the RB4 or whatever, but like I'm not worried about that. He's the direct 
handcuff to Josh Jacobs. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if Josh Jacobs is the guy on early downs. That's a little bit yet to be determined. Um, mm. If he is the guy on early downs, then his value goes up a lot, right? Yeah. And and the hope is that this not this is not like a Patriots type of backfield where where we have a you know Damian Harris Sony Michelle type of situation or Damian Harris Ramondre Stevenson type situation between Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. That's that's my hope for yeah. Josh Jacobs if I care about his fantasy value. Um, but this week going up against the Chargers, a lot of touchdown upside for Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah. Chase Edmonds, I have him at twenty two, man. Exactly where I've always said he was going to be a low right. end RB two. Um, Chase Edmonds, you know, you obviously got him as a value in the draft. And, you know, I'm, I think pretty highly of him this week against New England. New England wasn't good against running backs last year. I think they gave up the most receptions to running backs uh, the entire year last year. So Chase Edmonds is somebody that I'm looking at as potentially getting 15 to 18 touches in this game, even with Raheem Mostert, you know, coming in uh, and, you know, I think spelling Chase Edmonds and, you know, potentially getting five to seven carries uh, in this game. We'll see what that split looks like. Uh, season long, I don't trust Raheem Mostert to stay healthy, uh, but Chase Edmonds is somebody that I'm perfectly fine starting uh, in week one as a low end RB two. Yeah, and I agree. I like Chase Edmonds too. Just that you know, I, I used to be a non Chase Edmonds guy, but then you know things kind of sh- shook out the way uh, that they shook out Chase Edmonds' way, and it's looking like he's going to be the receiving guy in that backfield, and that's what I'm looking for, especially since I'm the zero RB truther. So, <laughs> yeah, listen, what if, what if, like, they got rid of Sony Michelle, right? So, what if yeah. Chase Edmonds is their goal line guy, too? Like, who is going to be their goal line guy at this point, right? Is that it would be Mostert? Awesome. Yeah. Raheem Mostert is also a small dude. Chase not, Edmonds. Not a goal line guy, no. I don't think uh, like, Raheem Mostert dare I is say a goal line guy. Is Chase Edmonds going to play an Austin Eckler type of role? Is he going to be a three down back, maybe? Three down cool. back, goal line guy, catching a bunch of passes out of the backfield. It could happen. I, Just saying. Be. Yeah. We'll see on Sunday. Yeah. We'll see. Like, this is going to be a terrible clip. I'm going to clip this up. It's going to be so bad. We're going <laughs> to post this. And, like, people are like, ah, you were wrong, brother. You were wrong. Nah. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, it, we'll see how that works good, out. It's going to be a good heat check just to see where Chase yeah. Evans is at. Yeah, exactly. Now, I had Brees Hall at number 23. This might seem a lo- low for a lot of people, honestly. But the thing with Brees Hall right now is that, like, we just don't know what the splits can look like between Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Um, mm. Like for the season, I feel like Brees Hall is going to be great, especially towards the latter half of the year. You know, yeah. I, we, we bring this up. We brought this up a couple of times when Jonathan Taylor, you know, he, when he was drafted, you know, he wasn't out there for every play, right? He was sharing the load with guys like Jordan Wilkins, right? He was sharing the load with Naheem Hines, uh, you know, in, in terms of snap share. So, you know, we can see something like that, you know, with Brees Hall in the beginning where, you know, he's sharing the low with Michael Carter a little bit. But as the season moves along, he starts taking over as a potential every down back. Um, and that's kind of what I foresee. Um, Michael yeah. Carter has a little bit more experience than him in the NFL. He's a very solid running back, undersized, but could be very involved in the pass game. So Brees Hall, I want to treat it, treat it as a wait and see. You kind of drafted him, you know, in the fourth round, so you kind of want to play him. I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm okay putting him in my lineup. Obviously, I have him as a low end RB two, um, and that's kind of where you drafted him anyway. So I'm not, you know, I'm not dying to put him in my lineup, but yeah. like I'm okay putting him in there because he's a big play waiting to happen outside zone run scheme. The Jets' offensive line is actually a lot better than you think, so I'm okay playing him as a low end RB two. Right, I'm in agreement. 
Good. I'm glad you're in agreement. Um, so we got okay, we got Rashad Penny at number 24, you know, low in RB2 here. This one was a little tough for me because it's gonna be game script dependent. The Seahawks are not, you know, but gonna be up in this game against the Broncos on Monday night. Uh Travis Homer is gonna be on the field a lot, but Rashad Penny without, you know, listen. Like the, the rookie is not going to play in this game, you know. So for me, Rashad Penny, it's hard to bench him based on what he did last year. He's very explosive, and he's more explosive than David Montgomery, who I had at number twenty-five. You know, mm-hmm. who's a little bit risky as well. We're profiling him as an every-down back, but we don't really know what's going to happen this year. Um, and that offensive line is terrible. That offensive, the offense itself might not be as good. So it's a little bit tough for me. You know, to say like, okay, Rashad David Montgomery should be played over Rashad Penny, unless you're going for safety. For safety yeah. wise, David Montgomery is probably the play. I got AJ Dillon at number twenty six. Um, you know, it's possible that he ends up being an RB two all year long for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if he's the primary goal line guy, right? If he's like the goal line guy, then we're gonna have to move him up. Number one, number two. If if AJ Dillon ends up getting a bunch of targets out of the backfield as well with Aaron Jones, then he's gonna have to move up as well. So yeah, it's possible we see AJ Dillon moving up the ranks a little bit, but for now it's a little bit of a wait and see with him. Yep, uh, and you know, I, I've, I've I've always been more of an Aaron Jones guy myself, but just you know, recently with the reports that have come out, you know, and I keep referencing the one A one A comments by Matt Lafleur, but um, AJ Dillon, you know. They obviously like him in Green Bay, so there's no reason to expect him to not be on the field at least, I think, 35% of the snaps. So right. if he gets uh, anything I, I, more than I, that. I can see 50-50, but it depends what the touch split looks like too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And Aaron Jones, like I said, he's very good himself. And, you know, sometimes they might want to cycle him in and rotate him in, and they might just be trying to move the ball downfield real quick. I don't know. It, so many different ways. It's a workload thing. Um, yeah. I think AJ Dillon has he has the upside, and that's kind of what has him ranked at twenty six. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Damian Pierce at number twenty seven. Just keep in mind that this could be a game where Indianapolis goes up big, and Damian Pierce is taking off the field. He has a three down upside, but it's a little bit of a wait and see for now. Assuming that he's an early down back. Miles right. Sanders at twenty eight. He practiced in full, um, so you know he's in play on a potentially good offense. Hopefully, he's the goal line guy. He, yep. he still has a big playability in him as well. Mr. Yeah, Clyde was hilarious. Yeah. Mr. Don't I'm draft sorry? me. Mr. Don't draft me. Mr. Don't, don't draft me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm speeding this up on purpose, right? By, by, by the way, guys, we're already at an hour and 20 minutes. So appreciate yeah. you guys sticking with us for this long. Clyde was hilarious at 29. Um, he's still the starter in Kansas City. You know, a little iffy to me. Maybe I'd rather start Tony Pollard over him. I have met number 30. We'll mm-hmm. see what. T- I'm very curious to see what Tony Pollard's workload looks like, how they use him. Do they, do they play him in the slot? How much of a split does he have between him and Zeke? Very curious to see how that turns out. So these are our top 30 guys. Again, like I said, full rankings will be up later today on the Patreon page. Uh, Go check that out. The link is in the description here uh, for full rankings. And we have a bunch of other perks if you sign up to be a patron on Patreon to support Upper Hand Fantasy. We appreciate you guys. We're going to wrap it up here. Football tonight, baby. I'm super excited. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 o'clock. I'm sorry, uh, noon Eastern time to talk about wide receivers and tight end rankings. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy football tonight.